Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in and welcome back to another edition of Bischoff and Brown right here on the Detroit Lions podcast. He's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. We're back. We took uh, last week to kind of sort some things out personal life-wise. Both of us had some things going on. So, And I also thought the Combine was this week. So I was like, oh, let's do the Combine last week. And the Combine's actually next week. So my dates are all out of whack. I'm in full off-season draft mode. But Scott, my man, how are you? I'm doing really good. Um, it's fun because I think the length of the Lions season has goofs like you and I, right? Our our timing is just a touch off because normally, normally you and I, <laughs> this is terrible, but it's like November 15th and, and we're thinking about the combine yeah. or senior bowl or stuff like that where... It's so yeah, it's locked in, and you know when it is. But you know the Lions were they they made a run, and it just kind of throws everything off. But the idea that the combine is already here, or we're a week, what are we, ten days, nine days away from the start of the combine? Yeah, um, yeah, free agency is going to be here. Um, yeah, this is it's it's great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm 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 getting a little tired. I've been getting up at like four four thirty every day, just trying to start getting ahead, trying trying to get ahead. I mean, there you know, I try to get to about a hundred, hundred and twenty five players every year. It's just the way it works for me. I know people that do like three hundred players. I, to me, it, it's all about quality, not quantity. Um, I've never understood how somebody could get to that number. I. I just don't get it. I mean, I, there's just not enough film to go around for it. And again, if you want to use the live broadcast stuff as your only way of doing it, cool. But I'm an all 22 guy. Um, so if I watch like a live viewing of somebody, I make it very notable. Like I watched the live tape of this guy. I didn't watch the all 22 because when you watch the all 22, you just see different angles and you see different things. And I'm not trying to puff my chest out and be like, oh, I'm, I'm Mr. Goody Goody. It's just the, it's the way my process has evolved over time. Like at once upon a time, no doubt yeah. live on YouTube. And if there that's my definitions, there are some, sorry, I was, I'm, I, no, you're good. There are some positions where you just can't evaluate really on live. So you just can't like, Hey, find the safety. In this play, where's he coming from? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what his responsibility is. is he the buzz defender? Is he the single high safety? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and that's there, why like, there are there are things that you cannot evaluate. You just can't. You're guessing. Too many guesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I had colleagues that were like into this and were, I mean, we're into December and they've got 19 safeties on the board already. And I'm like, how can you have night? Like how that's not possible yet. And like, I was always the last one to corners and safeties because it just took time to get into there. And yeah. we're starting to get in. I mean, I'm getting into it a little bit more this year. Cause I feel like that's a need for the lions at, at secondary and things like that. But yeah, um, no, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm behind. I just feel behind and it's the lion's fault. It's a great problem to have. It's just their, it's their freaking fault, man. Like I'm just, I feel like I'm behind and I know I'm not. I'm just, I feel like I am. Um, well, I, I mean, we all are. 
you know, yeah. as Lions, as Lions fans and stuff, you know, the senior bowl seemed like it was, what did it start the day after their season ended? Yeah. Or two days? I mean, the weigh-in was at what is the day after? Yeah. Um, normally, we're like I said, we're six or seven, eight weeks into draft coverage, and we have a pretty good grip on all of the Senior Bowl. Pro- I don't know where you were with the Senior Bowl as far as like the players that were in the Senior Bowl, but it, it was like, <laughs> who are some of these dudes? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm normally pretty well prepped and I feel like this year I, I was not, I mean, I was, but I, I mean, I had a lot of notes on guys and, and all that, but I just, yeah, I, I felt yeah. like when I walked in, I, I felt like almost it was like my first year again. I was like, I had 12 hours to process the lion's loss. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I still haven't watched the tape of the NFC championship game. Cause I've been so into the NFL or the NFL draft stuff right now. Like I just, 4 a.m. days, getting up, grinding two, three guys. Uh, as far as prospects, that came out really bad, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh, the truth comes out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, getting up early to grind on dudes. Who knew? <laughs> but no, look, we got a we got a, a pack show. We're talking uh, a player that fits at pick twenty nine. We got NFL Combine preview a little bit. And we got our prospect of the week, powered by Restore. Um, as always, you guys can rate, review, and subscribe to the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. So let's just jump in. Um, We were going to do like a kind of a player that we... I'm not even going to say what we were going to do, but this is a segment that just kind of came on the fly. A a player fit at pick 29. And this is an interesting one because his his evaluation is all over the place. And it's Chop Robinson, the edge rusher out of Penn State. Um, it, the crazy thing to me is we are always in sync on players. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if like you're a long lost brother of mine or family member or something, but there's like an in sync thing 45 minutes up the road where we're just not on uh, a player by the name of Chop Robinson out of Penn State. But let's walk through the possibility. He's on the on the board at 29. We take him. Uh, how does he fit? What's what's his skill set like for us here in Detroit? Um. <laughs> okay, so he. What's the good on him? <laughs> his, so I, I, there are some things that you absolutely cannot teach, and it to me it's it's the first step quickness. And his ability to bend or flatten, right? So, so one of the things I think that's always a good thing for for people to look at is how how far up the field does he have to go to turn the corner on a tackle? Mm-hmm. And really, really, really bendy edge rushers who are quick can do it at eight yards or whatever, right? Seven, eight, nine, whatever, eight yards. Let's just say eight yards. Um, some players need, some players will drift and make it more like nine yards. And obviously math is math. You know, the shorter, the shorter path to the quarterback is the fastest path to the quarterback, all that stuff. So if you can, if you can turn the corner on a tackle at seven or eight yards and then flatten down the line, that's rare stuff. He can do those things, but. I don't know that the Lions would be interested all that much in his game because I see him as a a very finesse a finesse kind of player. Um, I don't want to say passive. He's not passive at all. You're not passive moving the way he moves, but he's not a physical player. He's not he's not great with his hands. So I think that's where sometimes 
he will lose because he doesn't use his hands effectively to to keep himself, you know, able to turn the corner where if he allows so just to me it's this if he allows an offensive lineman to get his hands on him he will not win the rep he just won't Mm -hmm. um he's got all the moves he's got the euro the euro step move he's got he's got the the ghost move he's got all those things it's just you know you have to be able to play with some level of physicality and and i you know i look at him as a guy who needs to to stand up to me he's a two-point um stand up pass rusher a more finesse player than um than than physical player and i just don't think that fits for yeah. where they are but the but the, the only thing i would say where i was and we we're going to laugh at this a little down the road um i didn't want to say anything crazy negative about him because i have legit fear that in 2 years this ugly shit is going to show up somewhere on twitter or whatever it's going to be at that point, and they're going to say, look at this jackass talking about pro bowler Chop Robinson if yeah. he does figure out how to play more physical. So, uh, the, I mean, the, you know, that's the thing is he he moves like a player, like a rare guy, the way he moves, the first step, quickness, and all that stuff. It's just, you know, you can't teach those things. Can mm-hmm. he Can he, um, Can he? he get with, the, with a, a good coach and learn how to use his hands more effectively. Can he be more physical? Can he get stronger? Because I think he has, I think his ba- he has balance issues at times, and and then I just see him washed out of too many plays where he's just not a part of both setting the edge. Um, I don't think he plays square at all, or or with power in his upper body at all. Okay, so I would not love that pick because I just think it would end up being, I mean, you would be jumping all in on his ability to become more physical and uh, to play with more power and maybe more competitive. Yeah. And if you're asking me about in round one, I don't care where you are. If you have to dial up a player's competitiveness, I'm a little worried and I'd be worried about him. What do you think? No, I think you hit a lot of nails on the head there, and I, I'm I'm really much in agreement with you. I mean, some of the things I wrote for him was, you know, he's a violent disruptor or the violent disruptor that gets upfield in a hurry due to his explosive first step, which is true. I mean, you watch him against Michigan State. There's times that the the ball's not even in the hands of the quarterback, and he's damn near at the quarterback already. Um, he's he's got an effective rip move. I mean, that's something that he looks to do consistently, and he he does a good job with it. I mean, it's a but that's a very basic rush. Uh, the go move as you mentioned it's good um and, and I, again the euro step stuff and the, and the double swipe with the hands it's it's there but there's no real counter and i noticed he turned his shoulders way too much which is why he was getting washed i mean if you are a, an edge rusher you you have full man and you have half man responsibility and if you take a half man you want to stay square to that offensive tackle because you're already outside shoulder sometimes it's inside shoulder but once you are outside there and you turn and you rotate your hips this way or this way now you're exposing your chest or your back and you're getting as you mentioned washed out of the play and that's just what happens with him far too much um like you know, you mentioned it pre-show against Michigan. He does a great job early in that game, really kind of sets the tone on the first or second play of the game. And then you watch him against Northwestern and I'm watching him get bodied. And I just, I don't know. He's such an intriguing player. He doesn't fight 
pressure with pressure. I love that you mentioned like Vic Beasley type of player. I think he could, you know, maybe test comparable to Vic Beasley, check in at 6'3", 245, 250 range, run a 4'6", a sub 4'6", 40. I, I think the athleticism is great, but he's just such an intriguing defensive prospect. And there might not be a more intriguing defensive prospect in this year's draft than him because, again, his evaluation is everywhere. I've seen him listed from colleagues in the the top five. I've seen him listed as a second-round pick, which is where I have him. And I think there's tools and athleticism where he can be an effective three-down player, but much of that is going to be determined on if he can get home against the pass rush consistently in the NFL and if he can get stronger against the run. If he doesn't do those two things, he's going to be a situational, rotational type player. It could fit here in Detroit because of the players that are around him. He would be a good fit opposite of Hutchinson. But again, pick 29, rotating potentially with James Houston and the other players that are on this defensive line like Josh Paschal and John Kaminsky. And and not saying that those guys aren't going to eventually falter off a little bit and find uh, probably homes elsewhere, but they're part of it now. And... I just so I don't that's to me is that's the that's the concern is if he can't defend the run are they are they gonna freely deploy him or is he gonna become a situational hey it's third and long okay now you know now's your time yep um so banking on you know banking on a, on getting a player more competitive and and more physical and willing to defend the run this is where they'd really have to get into his makeup as a person and as a player stuff that we're not going to be able to do. I just would have, I would have worries about that, but the things that he is already able to do that first step and the ability to bend and flatten all those things, you know, the bigger, more physical players can't do that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a give and take with, with him. It just, to me, that's a, there'd be a lot of gamble involved in that pick, but it is pick 29 and finding finding elite guys who can who can beat a tackle with their first step and only their first step is hard to do. Yeah. That, there's only so many people on the planet that can do that, period. He's one of them already. So, you know, can they get him can they get him all coached up? I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Um yeah. he's an interesting player. I just worry about I worry about what the overall prospect comes to be when all is said and done well, yeah and I, and I mean again you mentioned he's best suited as a stand-up edge rusher two two-point stance in an odd front probably uh you think of pittsburgh baltimore i think if he went to baltimore it'd be a great pick which would be the pick after the lions but he just he kind of fits there i don't know if he necessarily fits here with what the lions expect out of their defensive linemen in, in gap control he doesn't control enough in those gaps for me to be like yeah 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 shaka tony i mean it, it, the problem i have hey, okay. Yeah, the the problem I have though with him is like he's overshadowed by his teammate, Adisa Isaac and Abdul Carter. And like when we're looking at the front seven, he's not the top front seven guy. The the other the teammates are the better version of him. And he only had four sacks this year. Two of them came against UMass. I mean, you're not getting home. Like you can get a pressure, but if you're not getting home, 
I don't know if I can trust that at pick 29. I just, it depends on what the, what's on the board. If like the run of the corners go, if the offensive yeah. linemen are gone. Okay. If you settle, you settle. But if, if there's an, if, if Latu is available and you win Chop Robinson, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be upset. And and I'll, I, I'm actually going to change my prospect of the week to somebody else, which I'll talk about. Um, I want to get into the combine stuff, but I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll further on to this. But let's get into the combine. I, I yeah. mean, again, we'll, we'll see what happens with Chop Robinson. If if you think he's a fit, tell us why in the comments below here on YouTube. Um, but. NFL Combine Preview, what to look for, who to watch. Uh, it all starts next week. Let me see if I can get the dates up here. Uh, it's from February 26th through March 4th. It's February 19th right now on a Monday, 619. Uh, 321 prospects. Why is it 321? Do you know why? Like, why Does it go 321 on purpose? I have no idea. Oh, Not a clue. I, I just, like, just like everything else, I don't have any ideas. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, we it's it's the combine it's the underwear olympics we know you know you can't invest all of your stock into the combine and say okay this guy deserves to go from the third round to the first round because he ran a sub four three forty. but it's a great measuring stick and tool to see where a player is with his athletic ability his ability to change direction uh the way he performs in certain drills and it's really a good like just a tool for like practice. How does this guy work on his craft? And then how does he take coaching? And, and again, athletically, he's here. I expect him to be here or he's he's here and I expect him to be down here, vice versa. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, it's a great event that I get excited about. You get excited about draft guys like ourselves. We get excited about because there's so much to, to really take from it. But what are you looking for? Who are some players to maybe watch? Uh, but I, I know you have a specific stat that you want to throw out there, which I think yeah. is great. It's an interesting stat. To me, the, the the combine is just a it's a piece of the puzzle. Um, I love it when a, when something happens and you think I need to go watch that guy again. And it happens every year. Multiple. I mean, there's a, a slew of players every year where you think I think this guy looks slow on on you know or whatever whatever it is or, or looks whatever way on film and then all of a sudden, wow, you know I got to go look back again because I was missing something. So that's uh, always an interesting uh, thing for me to see potentially what I've missed. Uh, and then it forces you to go back and and, and look again. So um, combine, uh, you know, it's super cool to watch the positional groups, the players uh, perform back to back to back. So like you can see, uh multiple receivers run routes the same route you know over and over and over and you get to compare and contrast those guys which is I, I think it's it's just an interesting thing to see you get to see the way a player looks how they're what their you know what their body composition is hmm. um I always like to watch the tackles move uh obviously the 10 yard splits significantly more important than the 40 the 40 is meaningless for tackles meaningless yeah. for, i mean if if we're concerned about or we're if we're thinking about the 40 for a defensive tackle <laughs> it's a problem if he's got to run 40 yards right so yeah. either something crazy bad's happened or or you return something for a touchdown or whatever so um you know there are there are some drills that i think are are better suited for certain things like um if you want to see whether a player's got 
what you know a d tackle's got explosion in his lower body uh the broad jump is good the vertical jump is good for measuring that kind of stuff like i said the 10 yard split is good for offensive tackles and d tackles i think that kind of stuff matters um obviously you know we like the 40 for running backs and and wide receivers and corners that's all cool that's all good stuff too some of the stuff they don't show which i really wish they would is the agilities yeah the three cone the short shuttles and that kind of stuff where where that's where that's where a lot of these guys really stand out you know like you and you can see it when a when a when a player struggles to change directions you can see it right so um there's a player I'm specifically interested in, and it's just an example of, uh, you know, th- what the combine can do. And it's Malik Neighbors. I want to see what I want. I'm I'm fascinated because I know he's crazy quick. It's it's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take much to see that he's super quick. But how much? Uh, what kind of long speed does he have? Because sometimes that blends together, and you see a player who's super quick who then you just automatically assume, oh, he's really fast, when he might not be overly long fast, but the quickness makes up for it. But I, to me, I think he's got it all. I think I think he's both quick and fast, but I'm really curious to see what his 40 ends up being because I know he's projected as, you know, in that top six, seven range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's un- unreasonable for him, but I think he's going to be sub six foot and sub 200 pounds. Yeah. So, at you know, if you're five eleven and a half and 190, 195 pounds, and you run like a four five, um, you know, I think he's going to run more more four three five kind of thing. But so I'm curious about where he ends up um, with with the way he looks. But so there's there is one there's one stat. I know I'm talking forever. <laughs> there's right. one stat, um, and this is. Uh, this is on Josh Norris's Twitter page. So it's something that he, he should get credit for this stuff. So there is a, it's the short shuttle and it's essentially this. If we're looking for an interior offensive lineman, guards or centers, and if you want to know whether they're going to pan out, realistically, look for the short shuttle time. And the number to beat is 4.47 seconds. So since 2010, there have been 28 offensive linemen who have recorded a 447 time or faster than that. And of those 28, 24 were drafted, and those 24 players have started 84% of their NFL games, which is crazy. That it's almost like a cheat code. Like if so, you know, if you find an interior O-line guy who who runs a quicker shuttle time than 447, generally speaking, he's going to get drafted and he's going to play a lot. Because that particular stat really matters when it comes to interior offensive line play. So that's something, you know, obviously, I wish they showed that stuff on TV, but they just don't. So it's always one one of those things where, I don't know if you do it, but like a day after I'm clicking refresh, refresh the page. What are the, what's the agilities like? I want to see the numbers. So um, what are your thoughts on it? No, I, I. I completely agree with you on on everything that you're saying, and and the, I'm I'm with you. The day after, the day of, I'm clicking refresh, refresh. Like I just I want to know the times. And the fastest twenty yard shuttle time is Jason Kelsey. 
at 4.14 seconds for for people that were wondering it's just ridiculous how fast but that really that speaks that alone like you if you watch kelsey play and the the quickness and his ability to cut players off and to get out to the second level quicker than everybody expects that's it that's it in a nutshell yeah. that's what yeah. you want yeah, no, and I, and I think the Lions can find some good in in it. Um, and just to kind of give people kind of like, like an example, Frank Ragnow, his twenty yard shuttle time was four point five one seconds. If I remember correctly, Panay Sewell had like a ridiculous time. Uh, oh no, four point six eight. But still, it like you look at what these guys are able to do. They 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 check off so many boxes with with that type of drill. And I'll say this. I, for, for me, like I like looking at what they do in the broad jump, what they do in the vertical jump, because it shows explosion. So, like when I see, you know, a, a, a defensive end, what's his broad jump? Okay, it's it's freakish. He's he's explosive off the snap. If that checks the box on the tape, perfect. Um, you know, I like seeing the gauntlet drill for like wide receivers. I, yeah. I love I love that drill just because it's tenacious. It's it's kind of uh intimidating and it's one of those types of drills where like you you watch it and you see a guy drop a ball and you you like to see how he responds to it in the same way as far as um when he catches a bunch and and just the whole event in a whole but the the times is is what matters and i i like it for when they um when i when i research a player and i look into their track and field measurables and if i see for example kamari lassiter I love the player. I'm going to probably be higher on Kamari Lasseter than most people. I think he'd be a great fit in Detroit at 29. And we'll do that player fit in a couple of weeks or something. But I, I love his fit for a lot of different reasons. But athletically, he looks limited. He doesn't look as fluid as other corners. And his his 100-meter dash time in, in track and field, and again, this was several years ago, so he's, he's had to have gotten faster. If not, we had a problem. But it was 12 seconds. And when you put that through the converter... It's like a four seven five or something like yeah. that. So it's like ridiculously slow for a corner, but I think he's actually faster than that. So I'm curious, like when I research those times, I get a list of players that I look at and I'm like, okay, I need to see an improvement here, improvement there. So Laster is a guy that I'll be really paying attention to. Gabe Hall out of Baylor. I'll be curious how he tests. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. He really flashed. I think the Lions would take a liking to him as a as a potential late day two, day three interior defensive lineman. And as far as you know, what he does, he had a brace on his knee. But like, how does he? How does how does he run? How does he look with his fluidity? Because he looked fluid in the short areas of the field there in mobile and one-on-ones and things like that. So does that translate in the drills? And that's what we look for in the combine. And I should have turned a light on because it's incredibly dark in this room right now. <laughs> I look like I'm in my parents' basement and I promise you it's my house. But the power's off. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, Wings won, by the way. If anybody cares, it's Monday, President's Day. They won. That's Four awesome. Um, Good. Ben Sherratt. Who would have got? Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, some other players... A lot uh, for me, it's a lot defensive back. I'm so defensive back heavy because I'm curious how we attack that position. Players like Cam Hart, what is he going to do? How is he going to look uh, through certain drills? And, and and really, like with with corners, you know, the big thing, obviously, the 40 yard dash, it matters to a to a sense because I hate bringing him up, but I think a T's Tabor, like I had a hope yeah. that that guy was going to be something. He could press you, but he couldn't recover. So that 40 time matters a little bit to those guys. But as you mentioned, defensive line, offensive line, it doesn't matter. Throw it all Where are you with Kool-Aid McKinstry? I, you know, 
the I struggle with Kool Aid because I think there was this expectation with Kool Aid like way up here. Yeah, in certain parts on tape, he was down here, and I felt like he was getting out outplayed by his teammate Terry and Arnold, who we didn't talk about in the preseason. Um, but I I like him. I, I like the way he comes up in the run game. I I think he is a, is a much better tackler than I thought he was going to be. Um, and I'm just speaking relatively because I was actually watching um, more of Tyrion Arnold. Was it yesterday? Saturday? Yesterday? Whatever it was over the weekend. And Kool-Aid kept popping a little bit on certain things. And then I was also watching uh, the Tennessee running back. So I, I, I like Kool-Aid. I just... Do you think he's a match with the with the press physical man stuff? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I just... I. Th- the the inconsistency piece is what I struggle with. I don't feel like he's as consistent as what I've seen out of like Quinion Mitchell, as yeah. consistent as I've seen from Tyrion Arnold. Because both those guys bait receivers and quarterbacks so well, and then they just close and they get to the football. Where I feel like Kool Aid might get turned around sometimes, or something's up with his footing. But I think he would fit, and if he was there. I think he would make some sense. I just don't know if he's going to be there. I I think yeah. of like I think Philadelphia. I think he'd be a great fit there, and maybe that's maybe I should look into how he would fit just in case he's there. I just don't I don't feel like he's going to be because yeah. I I feel like the league's going to be higher on a player like that. Are are do you feel differently on him or you no? Know, I think he, I think he's a really nice match for for Detroit. I just I don't know that he'll be there. But if he if he is there, I would almost think with their needs, I, you know. I, I think we agree um, it's edge rusher and corner. And I, you know, that's the kind of player I would bank on just because he has, he has been, he does play a physical brand of coverage. You know, he is, he is kind of in your face all the time and he does turn his back and, you know, he will run with receivers and it's just a little, there's a little level of, you know, can you get him to be more consistent and more disciplined maybe more eye discipline than anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, are you banking on a player like that at 29? I mean, if you, you know, the reality is at 29, if you take a corner, chances are really good. He's not going to, he's not going to work. You know, it's right. not going to be, you know, it's not, I shouldn't say they're really good. Chan- I mean, I don't even think it's as good as 50, 50 that a player like that, you know, works, you know, coming from, uh, you know, pick 29, but He's a player I would I would love for them to take just just on the upside of what he could become, which is I think he could be a you know a, a number one outside corner, and if you stumbled into that with pick twenty nine, phenomenal. Yeah, but just he's one of those guys. I, I think just because of with Alabama, you know they press, you know they play, right. you know they play that physical that 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 style that I think Aaron Glenn looks for. So. Just I I'm just was curious where you were. We haven't talked about it before. No, you're good. Um, I I would be curious uh, as far as another player as a uh, corner, and I just bring him up. Um, I had to go through my my file there, but uh, Andrew Phillips out of Kentucky. He was a Senior Bowl guy. He used five eleven or five ten, one ninety. Um, might might provide them inside outside versatility. I think he'd be a good a good fit for the zone stuff that they like to do. Um. He ran an 11 second, uh, 100 meter dash. So in high school, so I, I mean, we're we're looking at a guy that's probably going to run a sub four four, and yeah. I, I'm really intrigued. By- like Jalen Waddle ran like 10 
like a 10, 6, 700. Yeah. So, you know, when you're, when you get, when you get into the mid to high tens, you're fast, 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 right? Yeah. So Tyreek Hill ran like 10, one, something like that. It's like 10, two. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess it's hard to translate it too, because a lot of that has a lot of the 40 has to do with your start. So, yeah. um, but yeah, you know, I, for all of us Lions draft dudes, I think digging into the corner position is going to be really important because they're going to they have to even if they go out and they sign, you know, who's who's the number one free agent at corner? Is it Jalen Johnson? Is it one of the dudes from Kansas City? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, Snead or, or Johnson probably. Yeah. So even if the Lions were to go ahead and do that. I still think that you need young, you need to develop a younger player too. So, you know, perfect world scenario is you draft one and you sign one in free agency. And and that way there's not all this pressure for a young player to play now, but you know, there's your, there's your development plan for the future. Yep. You know um, yeah. Corners. It's nice. It's a nice class of corners. Cause I don't think there's like uh Missouri, Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri is an interesting yep. player. He had the core surgery, so I don't think he's going to perform at the combine. But right, you know, um, Abram Strain, a teammate. Yes, yeah. yeah. So there, there's a bunch of guys in the range where they'll be picking that are super intriguing. It's yeah. just how much are they helping you in in year one? And I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, the combine starts next week, February 26th, goes through March 4th. Um, Every day, there's like two groups going each day. I, I don't have the the grouping in front of me. I don't think they've released that yet. If they have, my apologies for not having it. But yeah, I don't know if they have either. But I, I think the workouts start on Wednesday. Wednesday it? this year. Yeah. So we got nine days. Yep. So yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, it'll all kick off. Uh, you guys, yeah. of course, can watch it at NFL Network, um, also NFL.com. But um, let's get into the prospect of the week and close up shop. Um, this is powered by our friends at Restore, and I got to tell you guys all about them because Restore Hyper Wellness, it's simply say, like changed my life. It's changed my wife's life. It's changed my son's life. Um, maybe you're an athlete. Maybe you have kids that are athletes or, or you're, you know, maybe you're a single dude or, or female and you're just trying to get to the gym and you're not recovering like you used to. I got the solution for you. Go check out our friends over at Restore Hyper Wellness here in Northville and Birmingham, Michigan. Um, they will get you set up with anything you need. I mean, I'm talking compressions for your lower body, for your shoulders, for your elbows. They've got cryotherapy. They've got specialty services such as IV drip therapy and some intermuscular shots. I mean, literally, you think it, they got it. Um, after just one visit, I felt better and have been hooked ever since. They've got tons of special offers right now. They've got two cryo sessions for 30 bucks. You can save 50% on your first IV and a whole lot more. So go check them out. Get a family member, a friend, or even yourself the service you need to restore your body. Tell them I sent you from the Detroit Lions podcast so they can get you taken care of and get, get you back to doing more of what you love. Check them out over at restore.com. So prospect of the week, um, jumping with you, who is your prospect of the week? So we're going to... This is not a deep dive by any stretch, but it's maybe a player that a lot of people have not heard of yet. It's South Dakota State guard center. Uh, I want to say he played guard for them primarily, but he's been there for a while. Is Mason McCormick. And 
if you're um if you're an offensive line guy and if you like to watch offensive line play, <laughs> this is your guy. He is uh he was at the Shrine game, six foot four, even, three hundred and ten pounds, nine and five eighths hands, um, thirty-three and three quarter arms. So long arms for a guard. Uh, 82 and 3 eighths wingspan. The way he moves is different. I would expect him to perform pretty well in that metric that we talked about earlier, the, the short shuttle. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there's a fluidity in the way he moves. But when you look at just straight up moving people off the ball, he does, he does a great job of it. And I think, you know, the nice thing about him is that down the road, he can play center for you. Um, yep. Ragnow's injuries are piling up. And I'm not saying that Ragnow's going anywhere this year, next year, whatever it is. But it's always good to have versatility. And McCormick is a player who can play guard, can play center. Um, I I love the way – I love the tone in which he plays with, the physicality. Um, he is constantly looking to finish players in the dirt. He he is nasty. There's there's an edginess about the way he plays, uh, but there's also a smoothness and and a fluidity in in which he moves. Where you can ask him to to pull and get out in space, and he's not lacking there. So you know, I think there are moments on his film where where you know hitting a target at the second level. There are times when I think he may be overly aggressive trying to bury that player. But, you know, as far as the angles he uses, his footwork, uh, watching him double, watching him, uh, you know, pull and climb and all that stuff, it's he is so much fun to watch. And, it, you know, I know he's a small school player, but in round three where the Lions are picking, um, if the, right, if at any one of those picks, if they take this guy, I am, we're dancing because he is a dude. Uh, and you know, again, if you're a, if you're an O line guy, he's a fun watch. So Mason McCormick, South Dakota State. I've seen I've seen you dance. It's fun. It's a it's a fun time. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to go. We talked about an edge rusher earlier, and I've got a guy that again I'm going to be higher on him than most. And I'm not doing this for clicks. I'm doing this for what my eyes see and and what I think translates to the NFL. You can buy it. You don't have to. Whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not making you pay for it. It's free. So you can roast me. I don't care. Uh, But Gabriel Murphy out of UCLA, I think is such an intriguing prospect in this year's draft that for whatever reason is not getting the the hype or the love and maybe it's because he's you know listed at 62 and and sub 250 249 pounds you know doesn't have the longest arms in the world but i think he's a really good athlete i think he's got a really good first step i think the hand usage is great um and I thought there were times where he turned it on and Latu turned it off. I mean, there were times where Latu in the run game was not sticking his nose in there and played with a little bit of timidness. I think part of that's simply because of, you know, the injuries that he has sustained yeah. in career. And Gabe Murphy is just balls to the wall, all outgoing. And 
I love that in a player. I love that he's always got his feet moving, his feet follow through on contact. And that's important with a defensive lineman because when you're, whether you're countering or you're following through with your initial rip move and your feet are following through, your your odds of getting to the quarterback are a little bit better. And I think he shows it as well in the run game. He doesn't get displaced as easily as some other edge rushers in this class. And I just, I think when you get through the top three edge players in this draft of Verse, Latu, and Dallas Turner, I think those guys are top heavy as far as they're going to probably go in the top 20. And then it gets a little crazy after that. And again, Chop Robinson, we talked about him earlier and his evaluation. I think Gabe Murphy needs to start being put in that top 50 conversation. And maybe it's regency bias, but when I've gone through the list of edge rushers that that I've watched, and I mean, just, just pulling it up right now, the edge rushers that I've watched, Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, Latu, Chop Robinson, Braylon Trice, Darius Robinson, Chris Braswell, Adisa Isaac, and then Gabe Murphy. Out of all of those guys, I feel like there's a bit of a drop off after those top three. And I, I Murphy for me and landed at four. And is Murphy is Murphy a Braswell type guy? Yeah, I I think he's a little bit more explosive and maybe a little bit more finesse where Braswell likes to go more power and try yeah. to tr- you know translate that speed to power a little bit more. Yeah, he wants to run through you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I He's a full man attacker for sure. Yeah. And, and and Darius Robinson would be up there, but he's that hybrid. I don't, I, you know, I think of like Charles Amenu. What does he play for me at the next level? Is he a five tech, a four eye and an odd man front? Or is he going to be standing up as a tilt seven for me? Like, what am I doing with this player with Gabe Murphy? I think you're standing him up. And I, I think of Alex Highsmith and yeah. I think that's the type of player that you're going to get. That's a him. really good call. Yeah. And I just, it's the, yeah. Yeah. I, that's the type of player that I see with him. And it's working in Pittsburgh. It doesn't mean it's going to work with Gabe Murphy if he ends up in Pittsburgh or somewhere else. But I just think when there's that drop off and the, the consistency piece, I look for consistencies in guys' games. And th- this guy, this dude, he his consistency is there in the four or five games that I watched of him over the last week or two. And I just, I came amazed that when I went to like a mock draft simulator or I went to, you know, just search what people are, are saying about him on Twitter there's nothing. It's crickets. And he's in the, you know, uh, 150 and below in rankings. And I'm like, there's no way this guy crushed it at the Shrine Bowl. I think he'd be a great fit here um, just simply because, you know, if he ends up going on day two of the draft, you know what you're going to get out of him. And I think if you you take that pass rush guy, then really no harm, no foul, in my personal opinion. Not saying they need to take him at pick 29, but if they did, I you wouldn't see me upset about it. I again, I don't know where his his range goes as a player, but when I saw Alex Highsmith just pop in my head, I was like, this guy, and I couldn't turn him off. He just he when when a guy when it wows you, you just keep going, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because there's always a, like you want to you want the you you want it to you know you're watching a player you want him to remind you of somebody so you so there's like a baseline all right this is this is kind of what this player said when you said high smith it's like yeah that is yeah. that is the way he plays he is he is physical and he is uh he's got enough of a lot of things to where yeah. i think he's intriguing i really do yeah, and, and it translates to, I mean, there's production behind it. I mean, 16 tackles for loss this year, eight sacks. Like, 
I'm not talking about his two sacks against UMass. I'm talking about his sacks against Oregon and yeah. and Washington and like playing against NFL caliber guys consistently across the board and and showing out and doing it in the run game. I mean, when I watched him against Utah to see his bend and defeat a split zone block and and the just destruction that he's causing to get that one yard loss for a tackle, it's 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 eye opening. And I, I think I think people need to maybe watch him and then really reevaluate the way they're ranking some of these edge guys. And I think Gabe Murphy will be somebody people become uh, fans of, especially after he tests. So we'll see. Uh, but that's Prospect of the Week powered by Restore. Again, check them out over at Restore.com. So uh, we always say we're going to go 25 minutes and then we just get going. So I, I don't know if you have anything to add. I just love I, doing this. I don't, but I, I think let's do this. Let's think about doing two shows next next week. Maybe maybe one to, to get aired on Friday. So we will have been able to see... We'll have to talk to our guys to see how quick they can turn something around. But if yeah. we can break down what we saw on Wednesday and Thursday from the workouts, and then maybe the following Monday we'll do another one and just and just Love you know that. break down Friday, Saturdays, and just kind of you know that way we're not too detached from from all of it because do, doing a you know a thirty minute uh, breakdown of the entire combine I think it's we should bomb. do two, but yeah. you know it's we'll keep everybody in the loop on that. For sure. No, I think it's a great idea. Um, and you can follow him for more great ideas on X or Twitter at Bischoff underscore Scott. You can find me on Twitter X at Russ NFL Draft. You, of course, can rate, review, and subscribe to Detroit Lions Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. So this was kind of a little player fit at Pick 29, Combine Preview, and of course, our prospect of the week. We are in full-on draft mode here on the Detroit Lions Podcast. He's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. We'll be back next week for a little combine edition of Bischoff and Brown right here on the Detroit Lions podcast. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. You've had enough of that shit.